0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses commander-related topics. And today, we are coming to you from Richmond, Virginia, from a hotel, uh, Crim's Hotel Room, to be exact, Uh, This is the first day of the SCG Command Fest in Richmond. We're super excited to get to the venue and do all that wonderful Commander stuff over there. But right now, we want to dive into the brand new pre-constructed cards from Baldur's Gate Commander Legends 2. Uh, We just got to play with them uh, last night, and it was super fun. We played with the pre-constructed decks right out of the box. Yup. And it was super sweet. And now we have a good idea of what the cards are that are pretty good that we're hyped for playing, getting our hands on uh, and playing with immediately. So joining me as always is Krim, the Asian Avenger. How's it going, Krim? Yo, I just woke up. Everybody walked into the hotel room, so uh, I'm awake. Right on time. Yep, could it be late. Could not. Impossible to miss this podcast. Fantastic. Good to have you awake. Uh, And as always, we have Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How's it going, Seth? Good, Tomer. How are you? Excited? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited. I played a bunch of these cards, and a lot of them really impressed me and uh, I think even it's they're more impressive than the the cards from the standards or not the
1: standard set the the draft set I would it, say it really that's I think that's true somehow because yeah. the main set the power is like man but like the yeah. recons are so good so yeah good. and I, I think if
0: people saw the main set and they were disappointed with it in terms of power level, I think there's going to be something for them because there's yeah. there's at least like two cards I would say are going to be included in most decks that they can go into at least two and you might convince me on more of them honestly all right. We'll just jump into the list. Uh, Seth, kick it off. All what right, we got where's, here?
1: Where's a, let's see our card list. So number uh, one on my list, we have Astral Dragon. And oh, this card is so sweet. It's super expensive. Yeah. It's eight mana. You get a four, four flyer. But when it enters a battlefield, you make two tokens that are copies of non-creature permanents, except they're three, three dragons in addition to the other types. And they have flying. So essentially, you're getting 10 power and toughness across three bodies, but 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 the real power of this card is it just has so many shenanigans. The first thing I thought of when I saw it is I want to copy Monicons, and then you get even more (laughs) IPP triggers. But it does way more than that. There's like a bunch of infinite combos where if you target the right thing with this, you can just keep making dragons, keep making tokens. It's it's just so much fun, and I think this is, even though it's really powerful, it's also a fun card, because it's eight mana. Like, in an eight yeah. mana, you can do a lot of crazy things, and it's mm. not going to break the game, so I'm really excited. This is a card I just want to resolve the most, I think, and it's an ETB trigger, so you can to blink it and do shenanigans that way, too.
2: It's not legendary, either, so blink
1: yeah. it well. uh, Yeah. I, I think eight mana's
0: going to be the rough part, but... <laughs> surely there's going to be ways of cheating this in the play. This is a dragon, right? It's a creature. Yeah. So if you're in black, like paying eight mana, that's not happening. You're going to pay like one for reanimate. You're going to pay two for like an animate dead effect. Mm-hmm. So getting it into battlefield, pretty easy. Red sneak attack. Also just one red mana. If you're like a Perforos player or something. You this
1: know. is this is where I miss Richard to be like eight mana eight one it I used know. to be back in my day eight mana we had to pay for it we had to go up in the snow yeah right walk uphill the kids these days they get their eight mana for nothing I didn't even have eight islands
0: in my deck. <laughs> I have to go to my neighbor and borrow his islands.
2: I actually do not have eight islands in my (laughs) deck.
1: So, yeah. Imagine playing basics in 2022. As far as combos, this goes infinite with Cursed Mirror, I think is the most obvious one. It's a a mana rock that when it ETBs, it becomes a copy of a creature. So if you target that with the Astro Dragon, you just keep going and make infinite, hasty, almost like the Splinter Twin combo and win the game. I think you can also do it with this weird old enchantment called Dance of Many that is worded in a similar way it's like from the dark or something etb but etb keep, co- keep copying <laughs> it so yeah there's there's infinite combos you can reanimate yeah. it you can blink it it's just a really fun card it
0: even works with oblivion ring any yeah.
1: a, any like
0: uh enchantment that yep. enters a battlefield exile something until that leaves the battlefield as long as it can target your own stuff yep you keep blinking it, will... it and looping it yeah and... yeah so i mean it's a high cost but the the top end is you just win the game, yeah. And the bottom end is you copy like your panarmonicons. What you're a blink deck. You're in, you're going to be putting this on a blink deck. You're going to get the value, yeah. Right, like it's worth the the cost, and you can cheat on the cost pretty easily.
1: <laughs> is it the best way to close out the game? Yeah. It might not be, but is it like one of the coolest and most unique and fun ways to close out the game? I think that that's probably true.
2: You can make two panarmonicons. I yeah. wonder how many times. I like that. That stays true though. Once you do this enough times, is it still cool? <laughs> yeah, I maybe... keep looping like mm. every time. Although, I think this is just fun even without the infinite combo, right? So, you don't even need the infinite combo to yeah. like make it worthwhile. Just like being able to copy two random enchantments or artifacts yeah. or something like copy that. Copy lands. Just... Do some ramping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eight I... mana ramp two lands. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 The saving grace if you're a dirtle
0: player, the saving grace for the rest of the players is that they are three, three gra- uh, dragons of flying. So you're going to have Lethal eventually, right? So there is an end to the madness, which I I appreciate. If there's a blink archetype, if they have just really good offense, that just makes the table happy, I think. So good job, Wizards of the (laughs) Coast. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Krum, what is your first card
2: on the list? So, uh, yeah, I played with it, uh, well, like, I got it actually, like, in person yesterday, and this card has been pretty, pretty fun to, like, play with. So, Brain Sealer Dragon, which is five and two black. It's a dragon horror. Uh, flying at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of each opponent's library. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though of any color, Yeah, yeah. But whenever a non-land permanent opponent controls... Uh, uh, Whenever a non permanent opponent owns enters the battlefield under your control, they lose life equal to its mana value. So, this is just a cool big dragon that allows me to just continuously just keep exiling the cards off the top of everybody's library. Mm. And then it slowly drains everybody at the, like, every time I play one. So, I don't know. It's just a cool, big, like, timmy kind of dragon yeah. that also does, like, kind of like the typical, like, things that I like, which is, like, playing my opponent's cards. So... I, I, I'm always a fan of anything that will just play my opponent's cards. And it's a horror type, so that that actually adds a lot because I already have an Umbris deck, so... And then, of course, the commander itself, like, so a, a lot of things with a horror type.
1: I mean, people play Stolen Strategy, right? Yeah. And that's, like, five mana and it's an enchantment and it's Trigger essentially...
2: On your upkeep, whereas the your end step. Yeah, and like Even value. if this gets, like, blown up i think you can still play it
1: yeah this is two mm-hmm. more mana right and it's got a bunch of upsides and right. it's a six six flyer and it can close out the game so it's right. really good and alongside like the theft decks seems good like a lot of cards in these decks seem good and like prosper the is really popular right now so i feel like it, they're they're good there as well yeah i yeah. really
2: like this as a top end like this is like the big threat right and that kind of like play yeah. style so th- this is just a cool dragon like it, it's such a cool dragon it's so timmy and it's perfectly <laughs> the type that i'd like
0: yeah I also like the the fact that like the second trigger is not depends on the first one. The first one exiles unless you steal permanents, but the second one is just like whenever you're you're casting a permanent that you don't own. So like if you have an Evelyn deck or something yep. and you're looking for like a crazy top end, this is a way to close out the game or maybe a Gaunty deck, or for yeah. example, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tasha, the, yeah. new, the new witch, yeah. uh, Planeswalker. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's gonna be so much fun yeah. to play this with Tasha.
0: Again, it's 7 mana, so it's really expensive, but you're in black, which is the best color in terms of reanimating creatures on the cheap. So, again, reanimate, animate dead, necromancy, anything. Those cards also kind of work well in a theft deck because you can target your opponent's graveyards, Mm -hmm. so it fits the theme and everything. So I'd be more hesitant if you don't have any ways of cheating this into play. But if you have those cards anyway, and you have ways of putting the dragon onto the battlefield on the cheap, I think this card gets really, really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hmm. All right, moving on. We got my first card from the list. And this card was a blowout. This card, we, so we, we filmed, uh, with the fine folks at Commander Versus last night, and that's gonna be going on to our, our, uh, channel. They're gonna be getting a, a video up on their channel too. Um, we're probably gonna coincide it sometime in the next week or so. Um, this card, when it was played, completely changed the the mode of the game like it just took over and this is delayed blast fireball which is a beautiful card uh, a beautiful spell from dnd uh this is a instant spell one and double red um and it has two two abilities first is you can you can cast it at instant speed deal two damage to each opponent and each creature they control but it also has foretell of six and if you cast a spell from exile It deals five damage to each opponent and each creature they control. So for three mana, you have an instant speed asymmetrical two mana board wipe, mini wipe. It will kill small, smaller creatures, utility creatures, token creatures. However, if you cast it from exile, such as when you foretell it for six mana, you can deal five damage to each creature instead, and five is enough to
1: kill basically anything in commander. The instant speed is
2: really nice. Yeah. I love that
1: and the foretell is kind of expensive but it's important to note that it's whenever you cast it from exile in any way so mm-hmm. if you cascade into it or have whatever a, a prosper effect uh, we Pros- were just talking about the dragon if you right. somehow exiled this with the dragon and cast it like that would still count as casting it from exile you'd still get the five damage
0: yeah yeah
1: i hear yeah this is like prosper all-star
0: but i think like honestly i was so impressed by this card even for six mana because the fact that it's instant speed it really felt, and I know this is high praise, it felt akin to, like, a Cyclonic Rift, honestly. Ooh. It really did, because, like, just imagine, like, the power of Cyclonic Rift. If it was a Sorcery Speed, we, I mean, we've already seen it at Sorcery Speed. It's bad. It's not great. Yeah. But when it's at Instant Speed, like, and Asymmetrical, Instant Speed, instant Asymmetrical Board Wipe, and there's not that many hoops. Like, yeah, it gets better in Prosper, because you can pay, like, three mana instead of six and get that that uh, that effect, but I think I would put this in pretty much any red deck. I think it would go like blast and Sacked and delayed blast fireball is are my go
1: tos now for red board wipes. <sighs> is is five damage enough though? Do you think yeah. that's enough? Yeah. That was my oh, one yeah. question when yeah. I first saw this card. Like it killed all, it killed everything. It think, also
2: exiles, so I I think that's pretty cool. Like that's pretty rad, right? Like I, I like yeah. That. I think there was a
0: specific commander at the table that it couldn't kill. But it wasn't even in play, so, it didn't, so, so it just yeah, it was. Yeah, it didn't matter. Was it Nyathrod? Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, it was. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? Let's 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 jump into that one. Or are we gonna mess? Yeah, yeah let's go so for let's it. That was go a good ahead, segue. Greg. Yeah, sure.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, so as, as you figured, the next card uh, that I I really loved, I played the card and I thought it was a bit like at first a little bit clunky at five. Then I actually played it and like, holy cow, this card is sweet. It's Captain Yathrod. Uh, three in blue and black. Horrors you control have menace. Uh, whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. In the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from the library this turn. Put it onto the battlefield under your control. Wow. This card does a lot. I, did, I really did not expect it to, like, like as soon as I played it once, I, like, I hit Corey and, I like, immediately just got, like, his Steel Hellkite. Yeah. So, yeah. this card does work. <laughs> like wow Uh, it's the the milling of it so it fuels itself it kind of does everything itself it also makes it so your horrors actually can push through Mm -hmm. because the menace really did matter
1: yeah, that's what surprised me, because I was in that game, too, and the menace yeah. came down, and it made it really hard to block. Uh, it does need stuff on the battlefield. Like, right. if there's a downside, and it comes down to an empty board, it doesn't really do anything. But if you have a right. few horrors out, this is going to generate
2: a ton of immediate value. It's also 3-6, so, like, that's a beefy body. Right? It survives a
0: yeah. delayed blast fireball, that's right. For sure. yep.
2: Yeah, like, this, this just seems like a super sweet horror commander. So... Uh, what's the big horror commander? Um, Umbrus? Yeah. Would I, you
1: play this over Umbras if you're gonna build like horror tribal?
2: See, oh. I have horror that. Tribal, yeah. I have Umbras already, right? And now I'm like thinking, like, well, I don't know, which one do I like more? I think Captain Gathrod might be better because, yeah. like, like I feel like the play style is still a little bit different. Although the other one is still horror tribal. E. This one actually feels more horror tribal. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Umbris, which feels more like you probably want to build a Voltron-y deck. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. they are different horror playstyles. And I think yeah. I like this to celebrate more horrors. And it does it plays more of my opponent's things. Yeah, yeah. So, I like this card infinitely more. Umbris, for sure, if it's Voltron. Uh, but horror, this
0: just helps out horrors. And, I mean, it is a horror itself. And it does buff itself in its own way. So, if you do have, like, a Lightning Greaves or something, it can get value by itself. I, well, yeah, not by yeah. itself. It requires a lightning grapes. It needs a haste enabler. So it doesn't really do anything on its own turn when you cast it, but it's pretty easy to get its
1: value. It gives it self-menace too. Yeah. So yeah, it does support itself well, yeah. yeah. And there are big horrors that I was on the oh. receiving
0: end. Sludge uh, monster. Uh, but even like a chasm skulker, like yeah. the chasm skulker gets huge. And the weird thing is that it, like it has, I think, island walk, but that's not really relevant if, your yeah. opponents don't have island walk if you give it menace especially if it's already big and your yeah. opponents are like oh i have a chump locker on the battlefield and then you play the captain yeah. uh you could potentially kill people if you're
1: now menacing horror so i, and, I respect it a lot and horrors have a mill theme like that's yeah. one of the things yeah. the horror tribe does and all the captain cares about is the cards getting milled that turn it doesn't yeah. have to be from its ability when i first read that i thought it only cared about the cards that you milled during combat but it's any cards you mill during the turn so yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah. choose at
2: the beginning of your end step.
1: So if you that's have consuming ex- aberration yeah. and other like male horrors going, you can have a lot of selection as far as what to what to deal with this. Yeah. yeah,
2: putting an artifact or creature was nice. I'm I'm okay, I'm being a little bit nippy, I wish I added enchantments too, but other than yeah.
0: that. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it would be a little bit of a color bend if it got enchantments.
2: Yeah, They can play whatever they want anyways, right? So like
1: that that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. So yeah, all around a really sweet horror commander. What do you put in your Pirate Tribal?
1: No. 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 Absolutely. It cares too much about horror. Are there other horror pirates? No. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) All right. We'll move on uh, to Seth. What do we got for your second card on the list? So I don't know if this card's. All that strong, but it yeah. is just like such a me card yes. that I had to be <laughs> which is Abelus Fawn. It's a three mana two, three fish whore. It has flash, it has ward two, and then it's essentially a panermonicon for your opponent's creatures. Whenever your opponent plays a creature, the ETB triggers something, you get a copy <laughs> of that trigger. You can redirect that target. So it's literally a creature Panermonicon that only cares about your opponent's stuff. So the challenge is like Panermonicon, if you're playing it. You build your deck around it. You can put a bunch of ETB triggers in your deck. So you know you're going to trigger your panoramonic on a bunch of times. This is totally dependent on your opponent's deck. But when this card was spoiled, I actually looked through the top like 100 creatures in Commander or whatever. And there's a lot of ETB triggers. Like the typical deck is going to have Solemn Simulacrums and Eternal Witnesses. So I think even in just a random play group. It's not going to be as strong as Panharmonicon, but I do think you're often going to get triggers, especially because of Flash. So worst case, kind of like Opposition Agent, mm-hmm. you can wait until someone has a good ETB trigger on the stack, Flash this in, and you'll get that one trigger for sure. And I don't think people are going to not play into this. It's not yeah. as hard of hate as like Opposition yeah. Agent where it's like you don't get to do your thing. So I think people are still going to run out their stuff because they want to execute their game plan. So even though you can't control it the way you can a Panarmonicon, I think you're still going to get enough value out of it. And it just seems super
2: fun to play with. It is pretty fun. I, I, I actually like that was also in the same precon. I was like uh, that, that I love so far, the blue-black one. But mm-hmm. I'm a little bit sad it's only creatures. Ooh. Yeah, I wish yeah, it was just like if true. anything entered the battlefield, uh, like and it caused you know something to trigger. I think it would have been pretty interesting. Too strong.
0: I feel like it. It, might, I feel it like probably would have been too strong.
1: But
2: like, like I liked it. It was. It was still. It seems like a pretty fun card yeah. still. Right? And it's
1: got a little bit of protection. I think. And this yeah. is the case where the ward two might matter because yeah. who wants to spend it, their whole turn killing this thing? It's a two three. It's not like a real threat to yeah. like close out the game. Yeah. And even the ETB thing doesn't seem that impactful. You're like, eh, whatever. They can't build around it. So. It might yeah. stick around
0: for a couple turns. I, I think there's gonna be some times where your opponents are gonna be high on the threat list of this. For example, like let's say you have an eternal witness in your hand and you have something good that you want to get back, but that you also notice there's a spawn on the battlefield and they have something that good that can get back, that probably will be enough for you to either want to waste a spawn uh, a removal spell on this or just not cast your eternal witness. But that's like a win-win for the spawn player, right? Like either your Uh, Gaining whatever the ETB triggers are, or you're making your opponents not play out the cards they want to be playing. It's a win win.
1: And then if you have like Panharmonicon oh. and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. And the Dreams, you have more value. You're up against the Blink deck and they like yeah. Lizelle's Acrobatics or whatever, the Mass Blink, return everything. And you just like flash this in and oh, my, oh, God, my oh, God. So much value. D- yeah. Every
2: ETB trick. Yeah, I mean, so good. Even
0: in our play group, Richard also loves if he plays like white decks, he always plays Blink. Like, like if he earrings into blues or something on this and you're yeah. smart, and you're like, ah, oh, this dog
1: gets uh, draws a card when it ETVs, well, it's mine now. <laughs> I definitely plan on jamming it in a bunch of decks yeah. within your term, just to like. Just so if seems you. fun, and we'll see. Maybe I end up cutting it eventually, but for now, I'm really excited to just throw this in random decks and see what happens. Yeah,
0: situational, but sweet. Needs to steal the ETB. <laughs> oh, I cycle think, cycle I, think I think like you get their ETB. This is a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, oh, no. we got. Ooh. Uh, a card that I also I, I stole this from, from Seth Laszak actually because I, I think a lot of us are going to yeah. be very impressed by this card. Um, one of the strongest one of the strongest cards, but this is a hype list by the way. We don't do like a this is not like a power ranking guide for anybody who's like never seen our our, our uh, top. Whatever, see our top nines. Uh, this is just like what we're most hyped to play with. But this this also happens to be really strong as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, and this is Black Market Connections. This is a black enchantment. Two and a black for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, choose one or more. And there's three options here. First is sell contraband, uh, create a treasure token, you lose one life. The second option is draw a card, you lose two life. And the third option is create a 3-2 colors shapeshifter creature token with Changeling, you lose three life. So you choose one or more. So you can choose just one option or you can choose all three options. So you can either choose to like lose one life and make a treasure or you can choose six life and make a treasure, draw a card and make a changeling you know which one I'm choosing every single time obviously and I think it's going to be correct almost every single time yeah it's all of them all of them like why not because also if you're losing life now you've also put a creature token onto the battlefield. So that's kind of like
1: preventing some life loss too if you need it. And the mana lets you cast the mana, more yeah. stuff. Like, so I played this card uh, in my precon yesterday. I had yeah. it on turn three. I chose Aww. every mode every time. And I lost a ton of life. Yeah. But really, because of all the value you got out of this, I roughly stayed with the rest of the table in terms of life loss, like the way everyone else was losing life naturally throughout the game. But I had a bunch of creatures I could block, I could attack with. I had extra mana so I could deploy more threats. So it kind of ended up working out. And you're in black. So if you want to, you have really good life gain to like refuel and play Grey Merchant or Exsanguinate. There's tons of ways to like gain back some of that life. And you don't have to choose every mode. Like if it gets yeah. too sketchy, you can have like a slightly more painful scene arena or something. Like if it does get to that point, but I chose I chose the max every single time, and I was super happy with
2: it. Yeah, I, I think this card single-handedly kept you in that game. Like, yeah, we ended right? up all like, getting combo killed in the end. Right, so, uh, but <laughs> uh, but like regardless, right? Like up to that point, like after every sweeper, this card kept you in the game. Right? Like we yeah, like you'd gotten swept away so many times, but it just built its own board, and this was a very very good card. And like, it's really also important that the token's a
1: shapeshifter like this comes in the the party precon, and it's normally really hard to get a party going yeah shapeshifters (laughs) are like a cheat code to make that happen and my board kept getting wrath my stuff kept getting killed and i was still able to just every turn or two have a full party have a full party in large part because of that shapeshifter token
2: yeah so yeah again like this card just was a very astonishing like card to like see in action so so my question is do you just
1: play this in every black deck obviously if you're in tribal so. it's great because of the shapeshifter <laughs> but just generic black deck do you just jam it for value
2: I I mean if you're playing it uh, Phyrexian Arena I think this just replaces it for me I mean but why are you playing Phyrexian Arena oh, right, <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> normally we're a country away when you say things like this now you're sitting right next to me
0: I know right. and you're sitting <laughs> <sort of>, uh, <laughs> Phyrexian Arena you're <They're> quite bigger <laughs> than me I'm like ah maybe I should uh <laughs>
2: Phyrexian <be> um, <that. laughs> um, Arena though like this is just you replace this card is straight right? up, up I might play what do you what do you remove I'd probably
0: play both oh you'd play both okay <laughs> I like drawing cards baby steps
2: <laughs> other than that though I do think you need to play it in a deck where you can offset the life loss.
0: Yeah. Because six is a lot. Yeah. Like, I I know from Sylvan Library days when you always take the eight, like, that (laughs) adds up fast. Especially because, like, you're basically inviting the aggro player to just finish you off, right? Like... You're you're gaining a
2: lot was of value. Tempting. Yeah, <laughs> it was tempting yeah. to kill Seth. No, Although yeah.
1: I got a lot of political capital, being like, "Hey, I'm taking six to turn anyway. I'm killing myself. <laughs> like, why bother attacking me?" That argument yeah. actually worked pretty well with a. With the I definitely the table. did not
2: attack. He's like, okay,
1: well, you just bleed out yourself, right?
0: Like, that's fine. Yeah, but the combination of ramp card draw and a body, which the body like holds swords, it does whatever. If you're sacrificed, if, if your party, if it fills anything that you need, like this is an entire package for three mana the six life loss is going to be a lot but yeah offset it if you can offset it you're great obviously tribal tribal <laughs> i had to say it i was waiting for it but it makes a changeling obviously i'm putting my tribal tribal deck obviously yeah. like obviously and i'm putting my tashiro mono black deck too because i need a bo- I,
1: I, all, all three modes are relevant I mean, um, we've talked many times about how ramp and card draw are, like, the two most important things in Commander. Yeah. And this Those card both, does both of them, from yeah. three man yeah. and three life a turn. Even if you don't take the body, like, yeah. treasure and draw for three life I'll take that I'll every take that single turn. turn, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on, Seth, what is the final card here? Oh. All right, so i really wanted to include a commander on my list and for some reason i really like this card it's a new background commander i think it's the best of the background commanders oh, cool. bay love barity baritel entertainer five minute two five it's an elf shaman it's a red and it says creatures your opponents control with power less than its power are goaded and whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies you make a treasure token Mono red, but since it's choose a background, you can pair it with any color that you want. And I think this is really sweet because of the mass goad. Goad is a mechanic that's being supported more and more, but a lot of cards are like go to creature, go target players, creatures for a turn. This can goad the entire table every single turn. There's some backgrounds that work really well with it too. There's a, there's one that makes everything raised by giants turns your commander into a 10-10. So if you have both of those on the battlefield, even curves into each other. You essentially just make your opponents attack each other each turn. You're not going to take damage. So it's like this weird style of Voltron deck almost where it's mm-hmm. Voltron, but you don't even really need to attack. You just protect your commander load it up with equipment. So it's power high and let your opponents kill each other. And if you do want to attack because you're goading everything, your opponents aren't going to have many blockers because they have to attack. Yeah. So you can sneak in and in one shot, whoever you need to with your commander. So I think it's just a really neat style of gold commander. And
2: I think it's actually pretty powerful if you build around it in that way and play the right background yeah i love this the thing is sweet right like i i think i think goading decks that are always awkward just because you want to see people punch each other but yeah. you never want them to die <laughs> right because, yeah. because once they die it's like oh yeah. <laughs> what, what,
0: what am i doing here right it, yeah that's true i think you nailed it though like i i feel like this is going to be the voltron goat commander because there's a large a large investment that you have to do like Bailoff by himself i think is not that strong uh, to, about any it's support. only goading one one or one, power, one to zero, one and zero yeah which is nothing really. which is, yeah is it's not goading that much and also a very important note with with baloth compared to a lot of the other go commanders usually whenever there's a goat effect it's usually until like your next turn mm-hmm. like corridor for example it's not well that's not good but it's like omega goad it's like. Until your next turn, everything's goaded. Uh, Fur Krog, Furby, whatever, the the is it dragon precon leader? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, it's also like goaded until your next turn. Most effects disrupt the, the quorum. All of these are goaded until next turn. This is a static effect. So when Beyloth is off the battlefield, the goad no longer applies. So what your opponents could do, for example, is you could play off and then your opponents could be like, all right, pre combat main phase. I kill Baloth. All right, now I just swing at I you. I kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Now I kill you. <laughs> so there is there. It's not as it, it is a strong goat effect, but it's a different style. Yeah. So you you really need to invest in Baloth, like pumping up his power, yep. so you can actually goad everything at the table, and then making sure he sticks around.
1: You're, because uh, yeah, yeah, the Life worst grief, thing steel plates. Yeah. Like yep, any yep. anything you can do to keep it from dying.
0: Indestructibility. Like the worst thing ever is if you have an opponent who has a big board state, and you assume or hope. Mm-hmm. The Baloth will stick around so that they may remain goaded, and then they kill Baloth and kill you. Like you yeah. can't have that situation, but I think like this works naturally in a, in a Voltron deck. Like you you pump up Baloth and you take a you you can swing with with just uh, free rain on the table, and you feel secure in a knowledge if you. Set it up properly that your opponents can't swing back at you. Also, getting the treasures
2: is like, oh yeah. my god, that's oh, so good. That's it. Yeah, that could definitely that's make so a lot good. of it. Yeah.
1: And Goat has just gotten a ton of support. We were talking yeah. about like Crim's, uh, well, not Crim's Dragon, rather, but we've got a lot of Goat cards that uh, in these precons cons and Commander Legends that care about. Uh, Your opponent's creatures attacking each other, uh, them dying during combat, and getting a lot of benefits for that. So I feel like this is a commander that's going to keep getting stronger because beyond treasures, I Mm -hmm. think Goad is like Wizard's pet mechanic for commander now, and they just love printing new Goad cards, new payoffs. So I think this is going to get better as we continue to get more commander products. I have a question for you all. Mm -hmm.
0: Because this is a hot-button topic (laughs) one day on Twitter. I noticed that there was a big hubbub when Bailoff got... uh, got released the same day people were like goad is too strong of a mechanic right now goad is is uh takes away player agency and preys upon aggro decks too much what what do you think about uh those those people are like too much goad goad is becoming uh too too
1: much of a problem wizards of the coast please stop goading you know like so maybe it's just our play group but yeah I have never viewed Goat as even a little bit problematic. If yeah. anything, I thought it's too underpowered because I oh. never see anyone play it.
2: <laughs> it's not so, even on the radar yeah. for problematic for me. And, like, if it's my aggro decks, I'm still playing removal in my aggro decks, so I yeah. still need to kill this, right? But like, yeah, sure. It it, it delays my aggro plan, but at some point, the others will die.
0: Yes. Yep. And Goat then, does nothing when it's one versus one. Correct. Right? Like, it, it stops do becoming a mechanic when it's <laughs> yeah. one versus one.
2: So, yeah, this this is a... Uh, goat is so awkward. That's why it's not too powerful. Because, yeah. to like, it's once people die, you are the only target. And then everything's, like, everything you do is moot.
1: In a lot of ways, I like Goat as a commander mechanic because... Commander has a tendency encourages. to get really dirtily. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. games take four hours, and, yeah. like, everyone's blinking, and just, you know, cyclonic rifting, and the game never ends. Goad forces people to get in there and attack, and it forces the game to progress. So I actually, kind of in a weird way, like Monarch, how it encourages the like, game yes, progressing yes. forward. I think Goat is actually, like, a really good mechanic if it's not yeah. too overpowered and I don't think it's too overpowered at this point.
0: Yeah, honestly, I don't even think bailouts the strongest of the goaders. It's a very interesting take on goad, but I think like Cardor for example is just better if you're in <laughs> in Rakdos because it's like it enters the battlefield, all your things are goaded, even the stuff that you haven't have on the battlefield yet is goaded, like if you have something with haste, it's goaded. You can kill Cardor, but probably that plays into his plan because it's a reanimation deck, it's a blink deck. Um. So, and th- then you have that peace of mind. Like you can just pass a turn, and you know that none of your opponents are attacking you that turn cycle. Yeah. This one, yeah. there is always that fear of if Bailoff gets removed. But like even Cardor, I made a Cardor deck. I can tell you from experience. Goat is not that strong. It's good against aggro decks, sure. Aggro decks that have no backup plan and also don't have a lot of removal options. Mm-hmm. Then yes, you're gonna beat them down. But what does this do against a combo deck? The combo Nothing. deck is like mm, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the sacrifice deck, the deck that, that taps their creatures for activated abilities. Yep. Those don't do anything. Like I tried, I tried goading. I used Furby, Fur, Fur Twad. I don't remember them. This it is a dragon, and, and I tried to goad uh daniel's uh, daniel holt was playing the the gruel commander that has a tap ability and i goaded it because it was the only creature there and he's like oh, i'll just activate I'll it, it yeah. Eh, yeah whatever i didn't want to attack and then one time he was like oh, i'll attack it doesn't really matter it's like okay uh great so i, I think goads like healthy i like that it, it pushes the game forward but it has so many weaknesses that like yeah maybe it will be a problem if you make like a one mana Omega goad for the rest of the game emblem effect. I don't know. Eminence goad? I don't know. But like we're not there yet. <laughs>
2: I don't even really think that, that like at some point it's capped, right? Like yeah. it's it's just once people are dead, your deck gets a little Yeah, when it's a people, what
1: are you doing? Yeah, like <laughs> If anything, I think people complain about how many treasures it can make. Yeah. I thought that was like a yeah. hot button thing to complain about. I guess
0: people got bored <laughs> yeah. of, of treasure discourse and they went to Go Goat. I, I thought it was so funny when I opened it on um, like my Twitter feed. It's just like people complaining <laughs> about Goat. I'm like, what? Okay, I'll just... You don't like go. I'll just switch to my board wipe. I'll take away your player <laughs> agency. Uh, your creatures must go into exile and you have no option in their concerns. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway uh wraith over all right moving on oh this card this card did work as well
2: so uh the next card is from the catacombs which is three black black return target creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it if that creature would leave the battlefield exile it instead of putting it anywhere else you take the initiative and it also has escape so uh and it's escape five specifically this is more than just a reanimation spell Uh, because, like, the first off, the thing I like about it is that you also get the initiative every Mm -hmm. time, right? And, I mean, although I feel like initiative isn't, like, the most absurdly cracked thing that you could be doing, it is still just additional value that you're just getting. And you're getting the best creature, and oftentimes, because it's in the horror tribal deck, this is a good thing that something gets exiled, because often the times, like, the horror cards care about what's in exile, things going into Mm -hmm. exile, so... Uh, just that and constantly repeating the the ability over and over with escape so this is just a sweet reanimation
1: spell so my question is we're playing commander you got reanimate you got animate dead like black has really efficient reanimation how does this compare to those kind of cards like if you're playing a relatively high power reanimation deck do you think this makes it into your list based on its repeatability or is this more of a card
2: for like medium power reanimation decks where where do you think it actually fits this definitely fits probably like i think in like a a mid to like like low to mid power right like there, there's a difference in that like example this doesn't care if you blow like animate dead if that goes you know the creature's gone right right mm-hmm. this you just get the creature until they answer it yeah and then on top of that like the fact that it's like again it is a it's not as mana efficient though as an animate dead or reanimate so that that's just always yeah. be true but you don't lose life so that's I yeah, bet. it's a solid mid to like like you know, low to mid power level, like non CDHE kind of like reanimation it's, spell.
1: It's a little like a like an row or something, yeah. almost mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like as long as you get a full graveyard, like in the late game, it's just gonna keep you're gonna keep getting a threat back. You're gonna keep getting a threat back, and the initiative's gonna add up eventually too. Yeah, so it seems it's never gonna do those explosive. Like we were talking about the blue eight mana dragon, where it's like, oh, if you get that on turn two, it's gonna yeah. be really busted. Like. This, this is, is never going to do that. But yeah. in the yeah. late game, this is going to generate a ridiculous amount of value. I don't think I would jam it in any, like,
0: all reanimate decks. But especially a self-mill deck, I feel like its escape mechanic becomes really good. Yeah. Like, if I was playing Sidisi, uh, Sidisi Broodmother, I forget the name. It's a soul one, yeah, And it's tyrant, all about Brood yeah. Tyrant. And you want, to, you want to self-mill yourself a lot. Uh, or if you're a style of Fenax, or, I guess, I, I guess a style of, of horror. Anything that wants to mill yourself, uh, then you just put this in your, in your graveyard with, and you get it back with escape. I think that's really potent. And uh, the worst case is the first time you cast it, taking the initiative, for people who don't know, it lets you venture into the Undercity Dungeon. And the first room of the Undercity Dungeon also lets you get a basic land. So yeah. you can kind of think of it that way, like you're immediately paying uh, five mana, get a creature, get a basic land out of your uh, everything, and then just more initiative
1: is gravy after that. It's a sweet value card, yeah. Yeah. and if you mill it, it's kind of like drawing an extra card. Yeah, that's you what have I'm have thinking. Have to draw. And yeah. It's kind of like drawing two extra cards because of the initiative. Actually, yeah. like, I just don't know how to value initiative yet. Yeah, I really got to play with it more. Yeah. I think it's a fun mechanic, but I have really no idea if it's going to be like pretty strong or pretty weak. So in constructed, I assume it's going to be
0: pretty weak, but in draft, I assume it's going to be pretty strong. Yeah. You draft this? Oh, you can't not not this card, but like uh, oh, the the, the draft set. Yeah. yeah, the mechanic yeah. in general. Like none of us have played with it yet, and I don't know if we will be, be able to play with Federal Magic online. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I like it. Maybe it's neat. Maybe we'll get to play it at a Richmond. <laughs> Because i will be playing with paper cards, oh, sad times. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on to oh, okay, all right. Again, this is not a power ranking scale; it's not. But we happen to like some powerful cards. All right, that's that's a coincidence. All right, you have so many spiky cards. <laughs> I'm a spiky boy. All right, uh, deep gnome Terramancer. Uh, probably one of the strongest cards in the set. I would say. Uh, this is a two mana. One in a white, two two gnome wizard. I love gnome wizards. It has flash and it has a, uh, an ability, triggered ability that says whenever one or more lands enter the battlefield under an opponent's control without being played, you may search your library for a planes card, not a basic planes card, any planes card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Do this only once each turn. So, for example, if your opponents play a fetch land and then immediately crack the fetch land to so get another land, put it on the battlefield. This will trigger a Deep Gnome Terramancer. If your opponent plays a uh, a rampant growth effect um, and gets a land from the the library and puts it onto the battlefield, this triggers Deep Gnome Terramancer. Those so basically like any green deck and any deck that runs fetch lands is going to be triggering Deep Gnome Terramancer pretty consistently. And you're going to be getting any planes, not just basic planes, but like dual planes, you know, your shock lands or whatever, if you need mana fixing and stuff. And it has flash, so your opponents can't really play around it, at least the first one, and then they'll have to think about subsequent things, but nobody's going to play around this. No. It doesn't even need flash
2: this card i think it does need flash <laughs> yeah like it has flash It Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> does have flash. Yeah. You should watch seth's game it's great it's <laughs> great I,
1: I actually think this is just the best white ramp spell you've ever printed like, yeah, probably one of the things about white ramp is it almost all is catch up ramp where it yeah. only yeah. works if you're behind someone else in lands this doesn't have that restriction you can have the most lands at the table and and still be rapping with it, which is absurd. And it's getting non-basic lands if you need it to. It can get planes, uh, shock lands, original dual lands, and you're playing a white deck, so this is helping turn on your Amiria. This card's busted. This card's so. This card's really good. It's insane. Like <laughs> I think you just. I would put this in any mono white deck. Like I put it, it in dual color decks. I put it in dual color. Yeah, mono I mean, color. Yeah, probably dual color though. Yeah. Why not? Probably not. Selesnia. It's two mana, and if it ramps a single time, it's paid for itself. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, people play Loyal Warhounds and Knight of the White yeah. Orchid. Like it's those a- are guaranteed to get you at most one land. Yeah, and sometimes they get you zero lands. It's a <laughs> right. it's a, it's a white three visits
0: that you just have to wait until your opponent gets the first one going for you. But then after that, if it, if it ramps twice, it's like an, an Omega three visits. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the cards. I, I, the
1: card's really good. Yeah, I'm yeah. like actually kind of worried about this it's honestly kind of, like uh, we we just did the podcast about ranking colors yeah and white has moved up the rankings quite a bit in the last couple of years and this is just like the cherry on top of the cake for white
2: like but now it can once, ramp without catch up ramp it's only once a turn though yeah once each turn right? yeah i mean whenever an opponent does stuff like yeah sure it's really good like there's potential that in the turn cycle you get three lands right yeah yeah but I don't think it's that bad. Like, I, I mean, I think it's, like, like as in broken. I don't think it's that yeah. bad. I think it's a very good card. I don't think it's broken. I'm just worried about the overall power level of white.
1: Like, if they're getting this style ramp yeah. on top of, like, the best sweepers and the best targeted rainbow. Remo- like, if this becomes a recurring trend, like, if every single set we're getting, like, a white ramp card
0: that's as good as Deep known Terramancer, I'd be like, that's kind of weird. I, I don't think it's busted. I think it's very strong. But I don't want, like, a thousand of these. Yeah. yeah. And... Honestly, like I like this one a lot, but also I don't think it's like I think it's very good. Its ceiling is is preposterously high, but I do like the value of like say a Knight Knight of the White Orchid because usually you can play a Knight of the White Orchid turn two and get a planes card and it's untapped. Yeah, and I like that versatility. Obviously, you can't get multiple ones, but you could blink it, and it is catch up ranks, so it's a little bit harder to get recurring value. But I do like the idea of like. I'm not playing turn. I'm not playing. I'm not a turn two player or whatever. I can play like an
1: Idol of the white orchid pretty easily and and ramp, and, and I'm I'm good. I also really like that it's worded whenever your opponent has a land come into play that wasn't played. Some yeah. of these cards have like their second land each turn. Yeah. And yeah, makes it really easy to play around them with fetch lands. You're just like play your fetch and then wait to the next person's yeah. turn to crack it. No, can Even no though Terramancer doesn't care. Like when yeah. the fetch is cracked, if it's on the battlefield, you're gonna get to ramp. There's yep. no playing around it or anything. Green, you, you I, I kinda wanna it.
2: see that last line of text removed. Do this <laughs> once only each like only no. once each turn. But that, uh, oh, that would be so brilliant. Well, what?
0: like imagine imagine if if your opponents had a deep gnome terramancer and you had a deep gnome terramancer, it oh, everyone okay, just Trace, be like, just like oh, no, <laughs> super deck. Then. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm happy with that once each turn. But yeah, this card, this card is gas. What do you? So you wouldn't
2: run in all multicolor decks? I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd run it in like every multicolor deck, but I think it's very good in the decks that it's going in. Okay, two color. Uh, yeah. Two color, I could I could see that. Sure. Like, blue-white or whatever. Black-white, I could see that. Yeah.
1: i definitely run an all-mono color. Probably a decent amount oh. of two color. Yeah, I once mean, I get up to three and four color... Yeah. The question is, like... How, many planes? how many planes? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Am I going to have enough planes? It is nice that it hits on Triomes. Yeah. Right. And dual yes. so maybe you're going to have enough planes, even in, like, a five-color deck, honestly. My hot
0: take is I would put it, obviously, every mono-white deck. uh Two-color decks, absolutely. Three-color decks, I think almost always because i'm going to have enough dual planes like i think if you have like six dual planes you're good like i just want this to trigger two times if it triggers two times it has been more than worth the slot to me and then anything beyond that like if i do fail to find after like the third or fourth trigger Whatever. It's got its
1: value. I'll the Gnome Wizard on a clan or something. <laughs> what if you're in green, though? Like, do you need this if you have yeah. green and you have access? Like, would you still play it if you're whatever? Slesnia, Abzan, those color combinations? Yes. Okay. I don't know if I would. Like, I yeah, feel like I if I, I have the I green would. ramp, then uh, maybe I don't need this, even yeah. though it's still good. But...
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd be the person setting off the Deep Gnome Terramancer, uh, Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Enjoy. Yes. Drown
2: them in planes. <laughs> exactly. And then they have a land tax
0: on the battlefield and they cry because they know they'll never trigger the land tax again. Yeah, <laughs> like I guess yeah.
1: that is a downside, though, actually. It this shuts down your your ketchup ramp. Well, Like, I if mean, you ramp too much with yeah. this, then all your ketchup ramp cards are going to turn off. But then also, if you ramp too much with this, then you're like, okay, with the ketchup Yeah, then I guess, you're, I guess like, you're fine with your cartographer's <laughs> off being oh.
0: bad. Oh boo hoo, I have eight man eight lands you on turn four. Th- like <laughs>
2: you went through a lot of steps to catch up to green. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is hilarious how much you would have to do at that this, plus your catch up ramp on at, at yeah. all points.
0: And and also despite how much like I think ramp like white is I think the best ramp color outside of green. Like second best. But like the difference between first and second is still astronomical. Yeah. So like I'm okay with like this these cards. I would like to see maybe, you know, some of the other colors getting some interesting on brand uh, ramp options. They don't have to be as push as Deep Gnome Terramancer, but like it would be cool. To, I don't know. So I we think need to buff blue. I think blue. I think yeah, blue like, I, deserves, I, deserves like, like a little bit of
1: Dreamscape art. So, that, fine. what's
2: that thing uh, where it's like a, you get to put a land into play essentially if you. Uh, retraced image? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I run that in Spellslinger. I was a big advocate for that, a stand, if you will, um, for <laughs> retraced image. And then there was another one that's even worse. It's like from your library. Oh. If you if you like find an island on the top five cards of your library, <laughs> and you have an island on the battlefield, then you get the ramp. Otherwise, it does nothing. <laughs> like sounds frisky. Super uh, like, suspicious way to ramp. But the, yeah, like the fact that people are are citing these as like incredible white blue ramp options it really shows how dire, dire yeah. the blues options are like you have artifacts obviously it's not good. Yeah. it's not dire like it's not terrible but like it would be cool to have on color options for all the colors you know to ramp so i'm happy with this card i'd like to see other colors get stuff too all right i think I think that about covers it. Yep. Boom. Well, that was not that that long at all. I guess it's only four uh three yeah, of us. Richard is not with us here on Richmond. Uh he's hanging out in LA. Um and uh I guess that's
2: that's it everybody. What what do you think about the the cons as a whole? They are much stronger than the normal set. Uh like I think that everything in here so far has been a lot better. I, I really like the power level of these precons and the cards that, like the new cards. I'm not even just talking like reprint wise because obviously, you have Jessica's will that, like, so yeah, like they nailed it on the reprints for the precon. And on top of that, they had the power level perfect. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job, I think, with all these precons in supporting like archetypes that, like, in like weird things in certain archetypes, like more goading. I thought that was really cool. More play from your opponent's exile. Uh, that was also super sweet.
1: I think these are some of the best pre-cons they've made in quite a while. Like, we get so many pre-cons now, it's easy to overlook some of them, and this is just, like, definitely deserves your attention. Really good round of pre-cons, and I hope they make more like this. Like, they really nailed it in all aspects. It's got good reprints. The new cards are good. They cut down a little bit on new cards compared to past pre-cons. I think there's Mm 9 per deck instead of, like, 15 or 17. And I hope they make more like this in the future, because these are some of my favorite pre-cons they've made in, in quite a few years, really.
0: Yeah, I, I had my first go around with them in person, and I really enjoyed it. I did not do a deep dive on the precons as it tells in terms of like how much ramp they have, how much land they ramp, But from seeing them in practice, at least from those two games, it seemed really good. So it looks like they're well constructed, and I can tell you from a fact like I've been reviewing the precons. For like six years now, and every year consistently, they do increase in terms of how good they're made, how well rounded they're made, and the new cards are really sweet. So, and they feel pretty up. balanced. If yeah. it's something you want to each yeah. get
1: one for your play group, like at least that was my experience. I think the Gruul deck,
0: the Gruel deck, might be a little bit stronger than <laughs> the other ones. I think, I think one of the, the Watsy might have mentioned. Let's the, maybe the Gruul deck is a little bit, a little bit stronger than the other ones. <laughs>
1: They did win both of the games. They did win yeah, both of the yeah, games. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, well let us know if you if you play with the precons, uh let us know which which commanders or Precons uh you found to be quite strong. I don't know if anybody has them yet, actually. This is gonna come out. Actually it's gonna come no, out. No, by in a the week? time this
2: comes out it, it maybe people should yeah. have so maybe. ability, yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, they they seem like a blast, so hope you enjoyed them and hope you enjoy the new cards. If you do if you don't want the precons, buy the singles. That works too uh yeah all right that's it that's it everybody uh hope you enjoyed like and subscribe if you want to help this channel grow and until next time friends see ya